Hey, uh, I'm Hannah. I'm Violet. And you're listening to the Prone to Wander podcast. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Hey guys, um, my name's Violet. Um, I'm going to introduce you to my friend Hannah. Uh, she's 19. Uh, she's gorgeous. She loves Thank plants you. and poetry uh, and thrift shopping. And um, she's my best friend. That's Violet. She is one of my favorite people in the entire world. She's got gorgeous long hair and bangs. <laughs> What's that? Because I'm describing you. They can't see you. Uh, She loves studying the Bible and watching really long educational videos on YouTube. (laughs) Call me up. And (laughs) writing poetry. And this is our very first episode of our brand new podcast. And we have no idea what we're doing, but the Lord is with us. We're trying our best. And we just thought we'd introduce ourselves and share our stories and our testimonies. Violet, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So, um, I was raised, uh, in a Christian environment, uh, in, uh, basically just the church all the time. Uh, if I wasn't at church, I was at a church event or I was going somewhere else with people I met at church. Um, not everything I did had that, uh, Christian culture, that Christian influence, uh, in it. Um, uh, so even though my parents, uh, were not and are still not very strong Christians, um, the Lord, uh, was with me from a young age. I gave my life to Christ, uh, when I was seven or eight, I felt, uh, a calling on my heart, uh, to, to hand my life over to him. I don't think I fully understood what that meant at the time. Um, because I was a literal child, um, but, uh, but even though I was a literal child, uh, the Lord was still with me. The Lord was still good to me. Uh, the Lord pulled me out of my sin. And so, uh, I was baptized, um, when I was eight and then, um, again, because I was a literal child, I didn't take my faith super seriously until maybe, uh, middle school. I think I realized that uh, if um, if the Lord was indeed my Lord, my God, uh, and I was supposed to live my life in service to Him, then I needed to indeed do something for Him. I needed to uh, live that way. And so um, something someone said to me at that time that made a big impression on me, uh, they said the most important thing I could do uh, for my uh, Christian walk as a young person was to get in the habit of reading the Bible every day. And, uh, they said, if you didn't know where to start, that Proverbs has 31 chapters, one for each day of the month. And if, um, you didn't know where to go, you didn't know where to begin, just read the proverb of the day, um, every day. And so I did that. And I did that for four years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and when I say every day, I like literally mean every day. If I skipped a day, I would read two Proverbs the next day. And I rarely missed a day uh, for like four or five years. It, it was, <laughs> and that was my only, that was my only scripture intake other than church. Um, I didn't really know how to study the word, um, but it did build a habit. Uh, maybe not a super healthy habit, a pretty legalistic habit, um, but it was something. Uh, the Lord, the Lord still grew me in other ways. Uh, he saw fit to uh, uh, to do other things for me that I wasn't doing for myself. But um, I started to um, when I was in high school. When I started high school, I met this wonderful lady um, who became my mentor and discipler. Uh, for most of high school, and she was the first, um, she was the first definitely woman I had ever met who I, uh, saw Christ clearly in, 
that I wanted to imitate. In a way, I wanted to imitate what? That was your, that was your windshield. <laughs> in, in a way, I wanted to imitate. Um, and so uh, she was a big influence on me um, during high school. But um, when I turned, when I was sixteen. I uh, met this boy, as one does. Uh-oh. <laughs> as one does, uh, I got my first boyfriend, and um, because my roots in the word weren't very strong, uh, I, I let him uproot me. Uh, I allowed him to uproot me, and I made him my idol. Um, and so for those eight or nine months... Um, he was my world. And so when he broke up with me, my world kind of shattered. Um, but it was a blessing from the Lord because um, my heart had been empty those eight months. I was crying out to the Lord. No, no, I wasn't crying out to the Lord. I couldn't. Um, there was a wall between me and my Savior, but my heart was crying and I missed him so much. But I thought to myself, even though I knew it wasn't true, I thought to myself, there is no way God could ever love me. There is no way God mm-hmm. could ever forgive me. I am eternally separated from me and my Savior. But um, when he broke up with me, um, it, broke, it broke the wall. It broke the wall between me and my God. And um, I could see clearly that... Um, the Lord had been with me the whole time, even though I had not been with him and the Lord never left me. And, uh, there was nothing I could do, uh, to make the Christ in me unclean. There was nothing I could do, uh, to cast him out of me. Amen. And so, um, so ever since then, um, I've been slowly but surely, uh, growing in sanctification. Uh, so, and in different times and in different ways in different places, uh, one of the places I did that, uh, that allowed me to do that, uh, I went, I worked and lived at a place called Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters. Uh, it's a, uh, Christian camp, uh, for students. I, uh, lived there for a time. They had a outdoor wilderness and discipleship semester. Uh, I did that coming out of high school and then I went back for a summer and I worked there, uh, at the summer camp. Um, and so both those experiences, um, were really good for me. They growed me in a lot of different ways. They grew me. What am I saying? They growed you. They growed me. We know what you mean. <laughs> they growed me. Bless her Lord. Uh, <laughs> they grew me. In different ways, um, that were very, that were very good for me. But um, it was definitely a picture of Christian community. I I learned Christian community there because even though I'd grown up in church, I think that's something that a lot of churches and especially the ones I grew up in lacked was true biblical Christian community because what we have in a lot of churches today is just a pale imitation of um, what uh, Christ has for us, you know? So so I learned Christian community there. And I think what uh, I'm learning right now uh, as I'm home and as I've been home for a little while now is um, taking... Uh, what I've learned from Snowbird and also just from the Bible um, and applying it to my to my friends and my life here and trying to build a community a Christian community and building accountability um, and building discipleship um, where it hasn't been built for me already Um, yeah so what about you Hannah what's your testimony that was really good also, I love that you look at the phone like it's the third guest in the car. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, yeah, so me. My turn. Um, yes, ma'am. I'm Hannah. 
<laughs> Good <Yes>. job. <laughs> uh, I grew up in an apostolic Pentecostal church uh, for a really large portion of my life. I would say I was going to that kind of church until I was 13 or 14. Um, and it gave me like a really twisted view of uh, God and church and Jesus. And uh, it wasn't until I well I got baptized when I was 10 on my 10th birthday and that's when I gave my heart to Christ and like you said like I think like I was definitely I did I wasn't confused but I definitely didn't have like a full view of like like I I knew who God was but I didn't like know like he like how much he loved me like I wasn't like I didn't have yeah. a clear view of like God's love I because uh the church that I went to had like a lot of rules uh a lot of standards a lot of things that you couldn't break and if you did break any of those rules then like you weren't going to heaven um yeah. so that was very stressful for a child yeah <laughs> um and uh so when I was 12 we moved here to Kentucky mm-hmm. and um I mostly stayed home. I didn't go very many places. Uh, I was 12. I couldn't drive. My mom doesn't drive. Um, my dad worked all the time and he always had our car anyway. So I was just home. And so we lived in a very small town and there's only like, there's a lot of churches for how many people are there, but, um, Mm -hmm. still not that many places, not that many people my age. So I went to Mm -hmm. a, a apostolic church that was near my house for like a little while, but, uh, that was not a good environment for me. And by that, that was 13 or 14 by then and I recognized that it wasn't that good so I stopped going there um and my parents the whole time I was a kid and even up until then they weren't they were going to church but they were uh trying to figure out their faith as much as I was trying to figure out my faith um and I definitely Mm -hmm. soaked up their their confusion and they definitely they encouraged me to ask questions and to question like where what I was doing and and what people were teaching me um, which was very good. And I appreciate that so much because I, def- I definitely wouldn't be, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be like, uh, the kind of Christian that I am if I, if I, they hadn't taught me that. But, um, I definitely like, uh, I internalized their, their confusion and their, their questioning of what was, uh, what was just what they had been taught and what was, what was biblical because mm-hmm. they grew up in a even stricter, uh, apostolic and Pentecostal church than, than I did. Mm. So crazy. Um, and a lot of their, both of their families are still like really in that. Mm -hmm. Like, um, we're all very different now, but like their families are still really in it. And, um, but then after I stopped going to the apostolic church, uh, there was a church right behind my house and I could walk there. So like my family didn't need to come with me and me and my sister went, started going to their youth group on Wednesdays. Um, and that was the most welcome I've ever felt at a church, uh, in my entire life. Um, like even now, like I've been to really good churches, uh, that was the most welcome I've ever felt in my life. I love that. They were so nice and, um, they were so sweet and it was like, it was like going to a, like a family event, even though I just met all these people like for the first time, which is how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much. And we are family. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, and that was like, that was like, whoa, um, that was so cool. And, um, uh, I, so I went there uh, to that youth group all the way until I graduated high school. And through that youth group, I ended up going to a, um, youth retreat called Chrysalis. That was a real turning point for me. I was 16 and that, that, uh, retreat just kind of the way they set it up. It's so perfect. I highly recommend <laughs> looking up Chrysalis if you're a teenager, but it's the, the way they set it up, uh, they, lay out the gospel and like how much God loves you and what he does for you and what he's done for you Mm -hmm. so well that like, it like actually was like, Oh my God, literally God, (laughs) God loves me so much. Um, and that changed how I looked at everything. And, um, like it was like, it's like, there's a difference between knowing something and like actually knowing it. And like at that point, I like between knew knowing it. it in your head and it reaching your heart yes. and affecting the way you believe and yes. the way you act. Yeah. Yes. And then there at Chrysalis is when I saw like, like, I gotta stop saying like a Christian, like Christian <laughs> community, like you did it with, uh, with Snowbird. Like it was, I was like, these people love each other and, um, like they keep each other. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> Holy crap. Christians and loving like, each other. What I was used to until I started going to the Baptist church where, I mean, like all churches are like this a little bit, but like what I, 
was used to with the churches I'd grown up in was like a judgmental gossip and and mm-hmm. like you don't hold each other accountable. It's more like that person is doing something wrong, but we're going to talk about it. We're not going to talk to them about it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to oh, be yeah. like, we're better than them because we're not doing that thing, even though we're doing other things that are just as bad. Yeah. <laughs> we're just, we're not them. And there's yeah. no like love. It's all fake. Um, so when I came home from that chrysalis uh, retreat, which felt like so much longer than two days, even though it's only two days because it changed how I thought about so many things. Uh, I started changing like some habits and the the way I went about my faith and I was still pretty bitter towards uh church and uh church people mm-hmm. and I didn't really want to go to church like every single Sunday or anything I I felt I I, I, I liked church I didn't like the people there and I liked I just wanted like me and God and I feel like I didn't need anybody else. Um, but then I think we all feel that way at some point. (laughs) Yeah. I don't need anybody else. I just need me and God, but it's hard to, uh, I can't keep myself accountable for Mm -hmm. anything. I can't starting, uh, we were meant to be a body. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Starting healthy habits is, um, really hard to do by yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to, it's really hard to be by yourself. Uh, and if, yeah. If you're, and especially if you're trying to grow in Christ, there's nobody to bounce off of. There's nobody to ask any questions to or go to if you're feeling a certain way or if you have a lot of questions about something, if you don't understand something mm-hmm. and you just feel like you can't uh, talk to anybody because of, like... It keeps you in the dark. Yeah. And so God was slowing, sh- slowly showing me over the past couple of years how much I needed, like, other people. Um and then uh, Violet came back from summer camp, and she was like, man, this Christian community I've just been a part of all summer was insane. You want to have a Bible study? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we started having a Bible study, and I was like, whoa, this is like a community and, and, and accountability. And uh, I like learned so much from like uh, talking to Violet and hanging out with her and doing Bible study together. And uh, then that that's when I like, that's like, that was another really big turning point was just like, being able to have somebody else that was as serious about God as like I was and hanging out with that person all the time, almost every single day. Mm-hmm. And, um, now like we both have like Christian community around us and we're like building community and we're talking about Jesus with other people. And, and we're starting a podcast, and we're starting to, a ta- podcast. to talk about Jesus. And that's, Look yeah. At us. Yeah. So <laughs> I love talking to Violet about, about Jesus and she loves talking about Jesus with me. And so now we have a podcast to talk, to talk about, to, to talk about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Amen. Amen. So what do you think like, um, what do you think God is preparing your heart for, like, right now? Right now? Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> That's a question. Um, it, it is. It one. is. That's a question. Uh, the beginning of the year, I felt like God was really showing me how to talk to other people about Jesus. Because mm-hmm. that was something I was, like, really unfamiliar yeah, with. Yeah, you did that, like, all of a sudden. You yeah. were like, I've never talked to anybody about Jesus. And then you were like, let me tell everyone at my workplace yeah. What is God has done. <laughs> and yeah, I brought a lot of people to church with me uh, at the beginning of the year, the end of last year, and just mm-hmm. like people from work because that's where I was meeting a lot of people. It was because uh, at work, it was the the most time I've ever spent around people that weren't Christians, uh, that weren't like family. Like mm-hmm. you can't, it's hard to talk to your family about yeah. like Jesus. It's easier to talk to somebody that you've known for a few months. Mm-hmm. You, if, if you quit your job, you might never see them again. <laughs> There's yeah. not a lot of high stakes there. So I was like, this sense seems like a good opportunity to talk to people. And so, yeah, he, I just felt like I was like, uh, like telling me, uh, showing me how, how to talk to people and how to like, how to share the gospel. So I was, uh, I was trying and I did. And, and now most of those people are my friends <laughs> and I, and I talked to most, most of those people uh, a lot. Uh, and, but now I feel like it's still like that. Like I'm still learning how to do that, but it's different because like quarantine and like being around people is different. It's hard for me to tell, uh, exactly what God is showing me. Um, I've, 
I'm super overwhelmed at the moment. Like I'm working on it. It's my fault. I've just overwhelmed myself with uh, <laughs> activities. Um, yeah. So I've been, uh, God's been showing me more recently how to be more like content and quiet. That's something that he's been showing me. I don't know what I'm being prepared for, Violet, to be honest. <laughs> something that God's been showing me a lot recently is how much I need to make, like, the Sabbath. Like, I mean, how much I need to take, like, the Sabbath seriously. Oh, yeah. Which is hard when yeah, I really have is. school and a job. Um, it and- seems like one of the simplest Ten Commandments, but it's, like, one of the hardest to keep in your daily life. Yeah, I've been, like, I've been realizing that a lot. Because, like, I'll take days, like, for for myself, but I can't take a full day for myself because I work almost every single day. And it's not I- for yourself, it's for God. I know, but, like, I'll take, <laughs> I'm saying I'll take days for myself. I need to take days for God. This is the what I'm saying. I take days for myself sometimes, but it's never a full day. And I just feel like uh, God's been telling me that, like... I do need to, like, work a Sabbath (laughs) in. I need to make sure that I set aside, like, a large portion of time Mm -hmm. for him. Um, Which is hard to do, but that's why I've been, like, thinking about that a lot, actually. I don't know what I'm being prepared for, but I do know what God's been, like, telling me more recently. Mm -hmm. Um, What about you? What is God preparing you for, Violet? Do you know? I'm going to move my legs also so it might be noisy because my legs are falling asleep. Okay. <laughs> um, I think God is preparing me, like I said, uh, to, to just be a good friend, like, to be a good, not just, like, a good friend in, like, the worldly sense, but to be, um, like to a be, godly friend. Yeah, to be light to my friends, to be light and salt to the people around me. Um, and that doesn't just go for like my friends, but also the people I work with. That's something I've struggled with for so long. <laughs> uh, I hate work. Me um, too. I hate uh, being there. I hate that I have to be there. I hate everything to do with it. And so um, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. And so like and it's a context where these people don't need to know that I love Jesus. Um, so. And, like, there's not really necessary, like, most of the time there isn't an occasion to bring up um, what Christ has done for me. I've always been one of those people who, like, really sticks to myself at work. Yeah. Um, I don't go out of my way to make work friends. You're not a team player. You're a, you're always still a little player. I mean, I'm not not a team player. When it comes player. to working, like, if you're working on something, you would prefer, usually, I'm, in my experience, <laughs> when you're working on something, you would prefer to work by yourself and figure it out by yourself than to have yeah. other people try and uh, do it with you. Yeah, that's definitely true. And so, yeah, so I've been really convicted about that, honestly, for months and months, about how, <laughs> about I how... live in a state of conviction. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes, um, about how, um, I need to be, I need to be a lot more Christ-like at work, especially. Um, but yeah, just at work, at home with my friends, I need to be, um, I need to be representing Christ everywhere I go, um, to everyone I meet. Um. Amen. 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 And so... I think that's what God has been showing me, um, is that that's not an unrealistic thing. And not only is it un- not unrealistic, it's literally what he's called me to do. It's literally your actual job. Uh, it's, it's, that's your it's job. It's my one job. Yeah. Um, is to make disciples. So, uh, yeah, that's what he's preparing me to do, I think. Okay, I have some questions for you. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I had no idea. Uh, what are they? I didn't read them beforehand. Um, I did actually write down another one because uh, I was uh, curious. I mean, I probably know why, but like, uh, I wanted you to tell me what why. Uh, you said in your testimony that you like you even though you knew like the Bible, you felt like uh, God didn't want you or love you anymore. Do you know why you felt like that? Like why? Like what gave you the idea that like He did not love you anymore? Because that's such a strong the, the, feeling. The devil. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it was my uh, shame and guilt uh, over the sins I was committing. Not just the idolatry of, of putting my boyfriend in the place of Christ, um, but the things me and my boyfriend did together, which we don't need to get into details about that, <laughs> but on this good Christian podcast. But... Yeah. <laughs> I got you. But, you know, you know what I mean? Uh you know what I mean, church? Uh, 
so yeah, like guilt and shame is powerful. Um, and the devil will use any opportunity, um, to get in your head about that. And, uh, I really let that happen. And, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought so. I was just curious. I was just like, I was yeah. pretty, pretty curious. But, you know, like when I feel that way, uh, which I don't feel that way often. Like mm-hmm. I felt that way a lot as a kid, but I don't feel that way anymore. Usually, even mm-hmm. if I do something that I know is like, yikes, um, <laughs> I always feel like if I ask for it, God's going to forgive me. Yeah. Like, I know he He will, but, like, if I ask for it, I know mm-hmm. that God's going to forgive me. When I was a kid, like, I didn't feel that way because nobody ever really, really actually taught me that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, now, like, I, I never feel that way, really. Yeah. I also felt so left down, let down by myself because, like, I was breaking so many promises that I had made to That's myself. That's such an awful feeling. Yeah. Like, you're disappointing yourself. Yeah. You, I do me, that constantly. Yeah. <laughs> me, me to me. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was really letting myself down. And so I knew, in turn, uh, that I was letting God down. And I was disappointing Him. Um, and so... You know, the two most important people in my life were Christ and myself. And I was letting them both down in major ways. And so I was like, guess I'm going to find all my worth in this man. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. As you do. Um, Okay, I have another question. Yeah. Um, yeah. when, (laughs) When do you remember first being overwhelmed by God's love? Oh my goodness. Um... Probably, um, yeah, probably when, uh, Salem broke up with me because, um, like I was always sure that he loved me. Like I, no, I can't say that. I had seasons of doubt. Um, but I had an assurance. Mm -hmm. I had an assurance, uh, from the Lord. And I had felt it strongly, like I had felt his presence on me. And I had felt his love. But I don't think I'd ever been overwhelmed. Because I'd never been overwhelmed by my sin, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'd never been overwhelmed by what a sinful creature I was. Because I, I was like a quote-unquote good kid, you know? Yeah. You know, and when you're a good kid, you don't think that you, like, need to be saved from your sin. Yeah. You think that was me too. Yeah. Yeah. You think like you're a good person and like, you know, I'm better than everybody else. I, I, I thought I was better than everybody else. I was like, I would never do those things. <laughs> and then I did those things and I was like, oh, damn, I, <laughs> I really do be out here being a sinful person. Um, I really do need the Lord. And so crazy, crazy. Right. Um, and so when, um, so when I realized that God had been with me the whole time and would never leave me, um, and he loved me still, I was, I was overwhelmed. I, uh, I was speechless. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was pretty great. That's, I love that for you. Yeah. It was like a low point in my life, uh, emotionally, but a high point in my life spiritually like uh it was well with my it, soul it, it it works like that a lot sometimes yeah like, it, it really would be like that sometimes <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> like that it'd be <laughs> and sometimes like that it'd be <laughs> right, do you have any questions no one's gonna be able to understand this podcast <laughs> in five years this will not hold, stand the test of time <laughs> oh well what are you gonna do what um, are you gonna do do you have any questions for me uh, yeah um they're on my phone <laughs> Okay, so what do you think the purpose of um, growing up the way you did was? Or, like, um, yeah, what what do you think growing up in such a legalistic, unloving church... Um, <laughs> yeah, if I can use yeah. those words. Yeah. Um, what do you think uh, the purpose of that was? Like, what do you think... Um, Christ use that for or is using that for? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I try. Yes. Well, 
up until I would say very, very recently, um, I didn't think I had any sort of testimony or story. I mean, like, I don't remember where I heard it. Somebody told me their testimony, and uh, she had a similar testimony, except she had always gone to a really loving church. Mm-hmm. So she she'd always like known that like God loved her. She'd always known like everything. But she she used the words uh, that I made my faith my own. At, I think she said out of high school, and mm-hmm. uh, I loved those words. And I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like your faith, crazy. I love that. <laughs> um, and very recently, uh, I realized that. Um, I've just kind of uh, unpacked all of the the mental blocks and, like, the lies that I had been told mm-hmm. about uh, Jesus and, and, and God over the, the years. And I think the purpose of it was so that I would have some sort of testimony. I think it's, like, like uh, for a while, if I was, like, I have family members who believe that way and they're mm-hmm. very judgmental and they don't, like, uh, like, one of the rules is that, like, uh, for apostolics is that you can't cut your hair. Mm-hmm. And when I cut my bangs for the first time when I was, like, 17, my, my grandma was really mad at me. Mm-hmm. And so I was really mad at her for being mad at me. Um, and, but I think, like, now... Because I know what it's like, because I was very self righteous, and I, the kind, the way, the attitude uh, of the church I was in. I'm not, I'm not saying this is every Apostolic Pentecostal church. I yes. don't think that it, most Apostolic Pentecostal churches are. Hashtag not every Apostolic Pentecostal yeah, church. <laughs> I'm not saying that every Apostolic or Pentecostal church is the same. I don't think most of them are super biblical. No offense. Actually, offense, but um, full offense. Full offense. <laughs> but the one I was, I went to when I was a kid was very much this way. Um, but because of going through that and being very self righteous, because the attitude of that church was that we were the only people, we were the only like church, the only denomination, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, that was actually saved. Like mm-hmm. other people would think they were saved, but they mm-hmm. weren't because they they didn't know how to. Yeah. Um, uh, they hadn't repented enough. They didn't. Yeah, because you guys have the only copy of the Bible. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so I think because I know the mindset, I understand the mindset, and I understand like the the like unself awareness or like spiritual blindness that you could that totally could have been me. Yeah. Um, when I see like people that are my age that are still in it and they don't question it and, and it at all, they're just like, well, it's how I was raised is what I've heard. Like a lot of people say, that's just like, that's what, how I grew up. So that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand like the mindset. So I, I, am glad that, that I went through that because it made me search out things for my own and figure out like what was actually true. Mm-hmm. And now I have a lot of compassion for people who are really legal- legalistic and judgmental because like, I have that inside my brain all the time. Like even now yeah. I'm like, like even now that I know that I'm like, <laughs> I'm a very sinful person and I, and I'm not amazing. Yeah. Um, and nobody is, I'm not better than anybody. Like in the back of my mind, I'm still like, well, I'm a little bit better than, than that person, <laughs> but like, I know that's wrong and I correct it and stuff. But like, uh, I understand it. So like, because I understand it, I can have a lot of compassion for like my family members and my friends and the people I know that are still like, they're still in it and they're still like that. And I feel like I, I know how to talk to them about it if mm-hmm. I was going to, which I have talked to some people a little bit about it. Um, but I, I know how to talk to them better about it because like I've been there and I, and I grew yeah. up that way. And that's, yeah. that's, so you can minister mm-hmm. to them um, and you don't have to guess. Yeah. Which I think is probably the purpose of like any kind of yeah. like negative experience most of the time I think is to like uh, it could teach you something and I think there's a purpose in the teaching and what it teaches you and then I think that's also so you have so you can help other people that have yeah. like had a similar experience yeah totally so yeah yeah um you, you asked me a really good question and I can't believe I didn't ask it back like right away when was the first time you remember being overwhelmed by God's love oh um, that's so easy. It was at Chrysalis. Um, and I a plug for Chrysalis. Yeah. Oh, hashtag Honestly, not sponsored, uh. not spawned. But, uh, if you look up the, uh, cornerstone Chrysalis or Emmaus walks, highly recommend, but I cannot even like, I could walk you through exactly what they did to show us to like try and get it in our heads. Like how mm-hmm. much we were loved, but like 
it you would like it wouldn't be the same. Like I can't tell you like how they did it because yeah. it's not gonna it's not gonna it doesn't make sense. So I tried to explain it to people and they've been like, okay, sounds like a retreat. But everybody I know that's been to Crystals has been has been like, I don't know how they did it, but I've never felt so loved in my life. And they just kind of like because the, the Holy Spirit was just there, man. It it is, and um, it's so is, and people. So the only people that are allowed to come with you to any kind of chrysalis event is people that have also been to a chrysalis event. Mm -hmm. So a lot of... Like a cult. Yes. Um, (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. It's not a cult. I promise. Um, But like, no. So like people in my church that that I loved and looked up to, some of my favorite people in my church were... Those were the people that sent me on Chrysalis and who sponsored me. Mm -hmm. And they also showed up to the events. Mm -hmm. And that was like... It was like, oh my gosh, like people, like I didn't know that the pe- that those, those people in my church like cared about me that much. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess I kind of knew that they cared about me, but like, even now I still have this like, this like thing in my head, like people care about me, but they don't care about me that much. Yeah. Like they care about me a little bit, but like not really. <laughs> I don't really assume people care about me at all. <laughs> like I, like I think it's, it's now because like I, I, I tell myself, like I know like people tell me that they care about me and I, and I'm like, I, I don't want to sit, assume that they're lying, which is what I did like in high school. Um, but like, so I'm like, they, they care about me. They said that they care about me, but like only a little bit. Um, <laughs> so like, it was just like them showing me how much God loved me. And then also it was that, that and them showing me how much they loved me was like together. And I was like, God loves me and them so much that it makes us want to love each other like so much more. Mm-hmm. And that was like amazing. Like I had never like thought about like God's love like that. Like when I thought about God, I thought about like, I'm going to die and go to heaven and God's going to tell me every single thing I've ever done wrong. And then I'm, and then he's going to be mad at me mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'm not going to go to heaven. Uh, <laughs> so I like uh, like I've like learned to like balance in my mind that like God is like a judging God and he like does condemn people mm-hmm. but he does also like has so much love for us and like no matter what I did I couldn't like get rid of it mm-hmm. yeah that's good um so I talked about uh my mentor and discipler a little bit uh Sher Trigo in high school but um who was like your biggest Christian influence? Um, like who did you look up to? Who did you see Christ in? Uh, who were you trying to emulate? Um, good question. <laughs> uh, let me think. So there, I would say there's different ones for different parts of my life. Mm-hmm. I've lived in a lot of different places. I've met a lot of different kinds of people. Uh, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. it was definitely, like, my mom and my grandma. I looked up to my mom. My mom looked up to my grandma. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandma passed away in uh, 2011, so I was 11. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was really hard on my mom and, like, all of her siblings because my grandma is what everyone in my family would say. She's, like, a prayer warrior. Like, if oh. you asked, yeah, <laughs> if you asked my grandma to pray for something, like... You would get answers. I want to be a prayer warrior. Yeah. That is my goal for my life. I want to walk with the Lord um, and be taken up in a chariot. And and, uh, I didn't die because, I don't know. (laughs) Yes. You know what I mean? I I, I I I see what you're picturing. Um, Yeah. uh, Yes. So it was definitely my my mom and my grandma. My mom, uh, she was always telling me. I don't remember the verse. I wish I remember the verse. But the verse, I, th- I want to say it's in First and Second Peter, but I could be wrong. But it says to uh, work out your own soul salvation. Mm-hmm. That's what my mom... With fear and trembling? I think so. <laughs> that might be in Philippians. Um, she always she said that all the time because that's what she would tell herself about um, mm-hmm. working through all these things she had been taught in the Apostolic Pentecostal Church. Mm-hmm. And she would start reading her Bible because my, when my grandma went, uh, she, her MS was in remission for a while. Mm-hmm. And then when uh, she had full-blown MS and she was paralyzed from, like, the neck down, um, she had to, like, cut her hair and, like, 
my family was like struggling with that. Like, is she going to go to heaven? Um, <laughs> my goodness. So my, my mom really started studying. Like, Imagine she, struggling with actual sins when you think cutting your hair is going to send you to hell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually. So she was like studying and she was like, uh, she was like, there's no way my mom, the prayer warrior, is not going to go to heaven because she, she had to cut her hair because it was getting caught up in her wheelchair wheels. Yeah. Um, so she really started questioning things and she always encouraged me to question things. Um... So definitely my mom. And then I would say when I was in high school, the biggest person I looked up to was like Dawn Suter was my youth leader. And she was the one of the first persons that was one of the first people I met at that Baptist church. Mm-hmm. And uh, she just treated everybody with like so much love. And she would always be, invite people over to her house. She had kids that were very problem- problematic teenagers um, <laughs> over at her house that like like really treated her badly and her kids badly. Uh, but it didn't stop her from like still inviting people over to her house, like all the time. And like, Mm -hmm. she was, she's so nice. Um, and she, her and one of my good friends, Hallie, they sent me on my chrysalis and, um, that was amazing. And then now I would say the people that have influenced me the most is you Definitely. Me? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> you have influenced me so much, and I love talking to you about things. Um, and I think about, like, what you would think about things, like, a lot. Yeah. Um, and also Jameson, the man that is going to edit this podcast. <laughs> the man uh, that is sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> he, when I met him... He was, what is on my notebook? I don't know. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, When I met him, um, I was like, whoa. Yeah, it's hot in here. (laughs) This kid talks about God so much, and I respected it so much. And, like, the first conversations I ever had with him were, like, about church and Jesus. And it was, like... He was one of the reasons I wanted to talk to more people about Jesus so much because yeah. he gave he was like so inspiring and he worked with me and mm-hmm. he was talking about Jesus and so I was talking about Jesus and then I was like Jameson come to church with me and then now he's one of our good friends and he's editing his podcast. Those are probably the people that have influenced me in my life the most uh, when it comes to like Christianity. Yeah, I'd say the same thing like for recently like definitely you and Jameson. Uh, and Kenzie, Kenzie, oh my goodness. That's my sister, Mackenzie. Ken- Kenzie is so great. Like She is. She, <laughs> <laughs> I have no words for how great Kenzie is. Um, she's quiet about it. She's very humble. She's so, she's like, she's yeah. the best. Um, she has gotten so much more mature over the last year. Well, yeah, but like, yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to edit this out. Yeah. This is, makes no sense. Faith-wise, like, she's gotten so mature this past year. She, I'm so proud of her. She's just a really cool... <gasps> you know why? Because really I sent cool her on a chrysalis last year. <sighs> what? She, she needs to share her testimony. Um, <laughs> we'll have her on the podcast. We'll, we'll have her as a guest on the show. Um, so, what, what gets you through seasons of, like, doubt? And, like, doubt and, like, um, just trying times like like emotionally like when you're when you're anxious when you're uh depressed like what gets you through um the seasons of um this the stormy seasons what gets you through stormy seasons uh the lord um but uh (laughs) but actually uh i've never felt like like, I know a lot of people's testimonies is they felt like God abandoned them or God left them. Mm-hmm. I never felt like God left me. If anything, I felt like sometimes I left God a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely same. And uh, so, like, all the hardest times in my life, which, to be honest, I've had a very easy life. Yeah. Um, I, I, I haven't gone through that much turmoil or trauma I've had a very easy life but all the times in my life that haven't been like amazing like the parts that are like hard um I've always known that like God was there for me and so I never felt alone which is like Mm -hmm. I'm always leaning on God uh seasons of doubt Mm -hmm. like do you have anything that like like specific verses 
or um, maybe like songs, like hymns, or just um, like tenets of the faith that like you hold on to, like you hold steadfastly on to, um, like when you feel um, doubt and when you feel um, sep- when you feel separated from God. Um, because you've walked away. What, what do you hold on to? Like, how do you preach the gospel to yourself? That's good. Um, hmm, well, so, uh, I would like to say that I have a lot of specific verses that I, oh, look at that spider. Anyway, um, <laughs> I would say I have a lot of specific, I would like to say I have a lot of specific verses or songs that I have memorized and I call them to mind when I'm feeling anxious. Uh, but really what actually happens is I haven't memorized a lot of verses. Um, I've read a lot of the Bible, but I have a hard time memorizing them. But mm-hmm. when I am having like a lot of turmoil or anxiety or doubt, I always start praying about it mm-hmm. and God always calls verses to mind for me. Like I yeah. didn't even realize that I knew that verse. And if you at like, like I should write it down every time it happens. If you ask me like when this was happening and God called to mind a verse, what was the verse? I could, I couldn't tell you at the time I was like, Oh my goodness, you're right. Lord. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't tell you any, the only verse that I definitely consciously myself think of a lot is if I had my Bible with me, I could tell you exactly what I want to say. It's 71, but it's a Psalm. Um, and they, it says like, uh, who have I in heaven, but you and the earth has nothing I desire besides you. Uh, I think, I think my flesh and my heart may fail, but the Lord is like my, the Lord uh, is my anchor. Uh, <laughs> it's something about, I'm like, not, I'm not going to try to add to the word God. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I know like, what you're saying. I know the first part is like, who have I in heaven but you and mm-hmm. the earth has nothing I desire besides you. So it's like Amen, n- amen. Nothing here. Nothing all, here all, has my heart. All I yeah. have is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um even if I lost everything here, I still have Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I am working for Jesus. I'm not working to get into heaven, which is what I thought for a long time. I'm working so I can get closer and closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um so if I'm like having a really hard time or I'm feeling very overwhelmed, I usually consciously think of that first. But if I'm ever having seasons of doubt, I always like talk to God about it. Mm-hmm. And I always, he always like comforts me and give me, gives me peace. And that's the thing that always keeps me like, there is no way, like if I'm having like thoughts, like, is God even real? Like there is no way I could have had the peace about some things that I've had peace about. Mm-hmm. There's time that peace has come over me that is completely unexplainable except for god yeah like there's no way that i could have been feeling this way when this was happening there's no way that i could have prayed for peace and peace immediately came over me uh during certain situations if like god hadn't given it to me yeah totally Violet? Yeah. Uh, do you want to tell them how we met and uh, why we have a podcast? Yeah, sure. Um, so we were both homeschooled. Correct. Yeah. So uh, for the non-homeschoolers, for the non-initiated, <laughs> uh, homeschoolers will oftentimes, especially Christian homeschoolers, will go to this thing called co-op. Um, and Co-op is like one day a week usually uh, where a, it's just a bunch of homeschooled families and they all get together in one place, um, usually a church, uh, and have classes. Um, and there will, different co-ops are more academic than yeah. others, but uh, our co-op was pretty laid back. Because it was mostly little kids. Yeah, it was mostly little kids and... You know, it just depends on the moms, like what the moms yeah. know. Because some moms are like, um, I was, um, I was professor at I, Harvard, and <laughs> I would like to teach a uh, literary class for the high schoolers. I would like to teach um, how to see the world through um, English literature 
of the 1700s. And I, honestly, I would have went to that class. <laughs> honestly, it, that actually sounds great. But um, it's the closest homeschoolers will ever come to going to a public school, and it's once a week. Yeah, and it's, it's one, mostly usually Christian. Yeah, but ours ours wasn't like that. You live in the south. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ours wasn't like that. It was mostly like um, we have a games class where we uh, will play Uno. <laughs> yeah, I had a Sharpie art class um, uh-huh. where we did things with Sharpies and uh, a poetry class that was just me. <laughs> I, there was a poetry class. And I, I was a part of, and it had, like, a bunch of people in it. You already graduated by the time uh, oh, I was really? It was the last semester I went to. I um, thought about teaching a poetry class. You did. You would have been so good. So I had that class, a poetry class, uh, and what, a study hall because there was no other high school classes. And mm-hmm. then, um, like, one other. Oh, gym. Gym. <laughs> yeah, which was uh, we played, like, dodgeball. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. So that's more than you needed to know. <laughs> but, yeah. So we met at co-op. Because uh, we were both homeschoolers, mm-hmm. homeschooled, and that's how homeschoolers meet other homeschoolers. <laughs> yeah, church uh, or co-op. Church or co-op. Um, so uh, we weren't really friends there. No, you were. You had a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> there was only like five high schoolers, and uh, you were you. The, there was the couple. <laughs> there was me and Emma, whose mom ran the co-op, and uh-huh. then the guy who left because he didn't want to be homeschooled anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we weren't really friends, um, but after I broke up with my boyfriend um, and had time to look at other human beings, I was <laughs> like, whoa, uh, other people in my life, um, <laughs> someone else to talk to. I started hanging out with you and your sister at lunch a little bit, like we played card games. Yeah. Um, and then you invited me to your birthday party. My 17th birthday party. Yeah, you invited me to your 17th birthday party, and I was like... Uh, honestly, the the only reason I went, uh, like I thought you were cool. Yeah. But I was like, of course, of course, because I am. I'm uh, I thought I thought you were chill, but I wouldn't normally have gone to something like yeah, that I know. because I like I knew you mm-hmm. barely. Yeah. And the only other person I knew there was like Emma No. Yeah. And I didn't really know Emma No that well. Mm-hmm. I didn't like we weren't friends. And so I was like, this is going to be awkward. <laughs> and I do not like social situations. This is the kind. Violet way. I invite Violet to things all the time and she will go and then she'll be like, this was so fun. I almost didn't go because I didn't want to. <laughs> but I'm glad that I went. It's almost every time. <laughs> well, yeah, but especially in the beginning because like I didn't know you. Um, <laughs> That's valid. Honestly, the only reason I went is because I was super lonely and had nothing to do um and I was like I need other people I need friends and this person has invited me to a thing um if I if I hate it I can call my mom and she can pick me up um (laughs) so so I went um honestly the lord brought us together as friends because um we I don't know that we would have been friends if not for the Lord. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I wasn't like, like, you're really quiet, um, and I don't go super out of my way to talk to people, mm-hmm. um, and you, I wasn't super drawn to you, uh, no offense, but, like, <laughs> you obviously, like, had your own th- things going on, mm-hmm. and I've become best friends with most of my best friends because of a birthday party. Yeah. And so I, it, I usually am, like, if there's somebody that I think is cool and I'm throwing a party uh, and I don't know them at well, I'll usually invite them. Uh, so I was Birthday like, parties is when I usually have, like, only only the safest people. Yeah. I'm like, no no new people on my birthday. No people I'm, like, trying to get to know. Mm-hmm. No people that I might be anywhere near exhausting. Only people that will fill me up with an OT. That's valid, um, but in high school and middle school, I didn't have that many friends, so I'm mm-hmm. inviting my best friends, which is like two people, and um, then my sister will be there. And so yeah. I'm like, I'll invite some of my sister's friends, and then also um, some people from co-op or church that I think are cool, and I've talked to that are kind of my friends, but they're not, we're not really good friends, so mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm inviting Violet, and then Violet came, and now we have a podcast together. Yeah, uh, and we've been talking about a podcast for a really long time, but it was like mostly a joke. Yeah. I thought it was a joke the whole time until like a couple months ago and I was like, what if we did? And you were like, literally I've been saying this for like a year. <laughs> no, because um wait okay. 
So we think we're really funny. <laughs> we're not, but we think we are. When, when, when we talk to each other, especially when we're only talking to each other, mm-hmm. we... Uh, when there's no one else here. When we, we build, like, this... Like, especially when, like, you didn't have a boyfriend and we weren't hanging <laughs> out with all these other people all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was mostly just you and me mm-hmm. talking. We built, like, this kind of language and we had so many inside jokes. <laughs> and we would literally... We would laugh for minutes on end. We would just... It felt that way. It felt like we were constantly laughing. Yeah, it was because I was like... One of us would say something. It was just like a word. And it, was, and it, <laughs> and was it would send the other us. one reeling. Yes. Like, have you seen that TikTok? Uh, and, like, it's, like, spending the night with your cousin. And they're, like... And they say something. And they're, like... And they're, like, pee-pee. And then they just start and cackling. They, and they're, like... <laughs> That was the violet, <laughs> except we're full-grown women. <laughs> in a coffee shop <laughs> at 10 in the morning, uh, and everyone else is looking at us like... Can you please shut up so I can get my homework done? <laughs> yeah. I came here for some peace and quiet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like that, and so we were always like, we're so funny, we should start like a YouTube channel <laughs> or a podcast, because um, who wouldn't want to listen to us all day? Uh, we're basically comedians. Um... But a couple months ago, you were like, what What if we actually started a podcast? And I'm like, yes. I've been saying this for ever. I've been saying this. Um, and what if we talked about Jesus? Because um, that's... Because we love the Lord. Because <laughs> like, that's the best thing in our lives. Yeah. Um, it's what I like talking to you about the most. Yeah. And so... Like, what, what would we have a podcast about if it wasn't Jesus, honestly? Literally nothing. That's the biggest thing we have in common. Yeah. And if we have other hobbies or other things, uh, they the main thing we do in those things, like the, well, all those things, are linked to Jesus. Yeah, we, which is how it should be. Yeah, we yeah we just relate it back to the Lord, which is um, how how it ought to be. The only other things we talk about is like like poetry, uh, relationships, uh, our jobs, and all in the context of like we're trying to serve the Lord the best yeah. that we can. Yeah, amen, amen. That's like, that's the podcast. We're trying to serve the Lord the best that we can. Yeah, that's, see, okay, guys, this is what, this is our vision. Um, <laughs> can you see it? <laughs> this is we'll our, take you there. <laughs> in your mind. We wanted to start this podcast because, A, we think we're hilarious and we want some <laughs> affirmation. <laughs> and also... Or to be humble, whichever one. We, yeah, whichever, whichever comes first. <laughs> um... But we also, we want to, um, more specifically, we want to talk about um, our faith and the other things that we find interesting in a way that relates back to our faith. And we want to talk about, uh, we want to talk about things that we don't feel like get enough light shown on them. Definitely. Especially in church, Mm -hmm. uh, especially in like the Christian community that uh, the ones that we've been a parts of. Yeah, which is a lot. I mean, like, we've both went to quite a few churches. I've lived yeah. in, like, four states, so I've got a good yeah. idea of what most churches talk about. Yeah. What the attitude of most church communities is. Yeah. And so we want to um, be a place where you can go that's affirming, um, that's assuring, so you know that there are other um other christians who are struggling in the same things struggling to serve the lord struggling to figure out how to best do that um we want to be like we want to be like your small group but if your small group was actually open yeah (laughs) yeah and actually talked about stuff one of like my favorite things about talking to violet is like talking to you because i'm talking to you right now is um (laughs) like I always feel like I can talk to you about, like, anything, and, like, um, I keep saying, like, but I can talk to you about anything, and especially, like, when I started unraveling all these, like, lies that were, like, in my mind about church and stuff, like, I realized how much, how much church has it doesn't talk about, like, they've, like, there's things that are so relevant to my life that, like, things that I didn't think other people struggled with, and things Mm -hmm. that, like, I found out a lot of people don't think that other people struggle with, and they think that this is something that they have all by themselves, and they have to figure it out all by themselves, and they can't tell anybody because, like, that's, like, if they tell somebody else, then it's, like, 
like they have like you have to be like it's like this like mentality of like to be a christian is to be like perfect all the time and like Mm -hmm. a like godly all the time when to be like a christian is to be like live in like your brokenness and like Mm -hmm. know that like like god lives inside you and it's like no matter how much you screw up like you like god's still gonna love you and so you're open to other people and you love other people no matter how much they screw up yeah um you got a Snapchat. Uh, <laughs> but I've always felt like I took and talked to Violet about anything. And I love having those kinds of conversations. And I feel like when I look for those, when I look for through Christian media, I don't see those kinds of conversations being had. I don't see mm-hmm. open, honest, authentic, like raw conversations about like yeah. what I you struggle a, with. There's a lot on. of pressure in the Christian community to be polished yeah, polish is a good word. Like, in, like Instagram. You like to be yeah. like, like a highlight to have to, just like a uh, polish is like the, the best way you could say it, I guess. Yeah, like there's a lot of pressure to um, not talk about the things you've struggled with until you like have come all the way through it. And yeah. I think there is some wisdom to that. Like you don't want to, um, you don't want to get up on a platform with a half-formed thought without Mm -hmm. really knowing where you are, where Christ is in this moment. But I think it's also, um, it's, hmm, it's disingenuine to talk about those things only when you've been far removed from them because, uh, people can't see your hurt. They can't see the mess. Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't seem relatable as much. Yeah, it's not, it's like, oh, yeah, God brought them through that because they're like, they're, they're already so godly. They're, so of they're course so, God would bring yeah, them through that. Yeah, so of course God would bring them through that. They're already so perfect. They've already got it all figured out. When in reality, it was that thing that helped shape the figuring some of it out. But yeah, um, yeah if that makes any sense. It makes sense to me. I don't know about other people, but it makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. So I I would love it if this podcast was like a jumping off point for people to realize um, that um, your dark things can be brought into the light and it doesn't have to be... Um, it, can, it can be done in church and it can be done with Christian friends and it doesn't have to be... Um, it doesn't have to be a detriment to you. Uh, it can be something that builds up rather than tears you down. It can be something that um, heals you, and it can be something that that just fills you with more light instead of more hurt. Because um, I feel like um, a lot of people, when they try and open up about things um, to in the wrong places in the wrong times, mm-hmm. um, they they get met with silence or confusion or awkwardness and they just close right back up and they think, ah, that's not the answer. Opening up is not the answer. Yeah. But I would like, um, to show other believers that it is the answer. Like God wants you to bring dark things into light. He wants you to confess, confess to him and to everyone around you. He wants you to lay your sins bare. He wants you to lay your sins open. But there is a time and a place. There is, There are people to do that to and people not to do that to. And I would hope that we build a foundation for that. And also, um, yeah, just lot, lots of other things too. I want to talk about um, studying the Bible and uh, theology and... Um, you know, just, just like everything, honestly. But I think that is, that's the core of it, I think. Mm-hmm. We just want people to know that they're, they're not alone and they're not alone in their hurt and in their like sin and shame. And the best thing you can do when you're feeling alone is to open up to God and other people who are going to be compassionate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what we that's what we want. Yeah, and that's part of the reason I think we started with our testimonies is so that you can know that we are not perfect people 
Um, and these are some of the things that we have struggled with. And some more of those things will come out. Definitely. Like, like we I struggle with so much. <laughs> I'm constantly struggling. Constantly struggling. And, you know, we could fill up books with the things we didn't put in this this particular... I, I say books, but not really. Like, yeah. we, we could... We have so much good things to say. We could fill up a library, you know? <laughs> we, the, the world could not contain... Um, <laughs> <laughs> our wisdom and our knowledge as a, as a 19 and 20 year old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, blasphemous. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, I think that's all we have for today, unless you have something to add. Do you? No. All I th- right. I think, it's, I think it's good. All right. So that's all we have for today, guys. Stay blessed and highly favored. Um, see you when we see you. <laughs> above.